Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. And hello, I'm Miles P. McLaughlin. And I'm Chrissy Raffensperger. And this is a special episode of the Diner tonight. So, uh, no Am and Dave. Um, and we're recording this right after we did our Star Trek review of Star Trek 09. Uh, but we wanted to chat with Chrissy real quickly since she had the opportunity about a week, uh, two weeks ago, to sit down and interview a unique space opera yes, slash so musical. Is that right? Um, I might be. I'm describing it wrong. Musical rock opera. Rock opera. Yeah. Yes, it's a it's a rock opera by Nick Crowley. Um, and if you are a rock lover, if you're an opera lover, if you're just a music lover, you really do need to check out the YouTube that he has out of this opera. Um, he just completed the dialogue or has been reworking it. And it's it's really a unique experience um, to, to listen to it. Because as, as you'll hear, you know, it's following space probes and like as they go out into the universe and explore the, these androids, explore the universe. And even though it is about androids, it's actually a very human story dealing with human ideals confronting the the question of existence and meaning of life which is not 42 right 42 is the answer um (laughs) what i like about what you're describing here chrissy is the fact that we have a rock opera that's science fiction and you just don't hear i mean we 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 like drawing attention to projects like this that are neat and unique and this is something that I don't know that I've ever heard. Have you heard something like this before, uh, Miles? No, this is new for me, too. So uh, it sounds right up your wheelhouse. Yeah, I'll definitely check this out. Yeah. Yeah, and I actually just spent this past weekend um, spending five hours sitting through an opera by Wagner, the Valkyra. So, like, when I say, like, if you like opera, you'll probably still like this Um this opera and if you're like there is no way i would ever sit through five hours of wagner that sounds like torture although it was not it was beautiful um this i would say is is right up anyone's alley who who just likes you know they're like i just like my rock i just like my sci-fi this is also perfect for you so you sat down and chatted with nick rally from this uh rock opera and uh it sounds like from what you shared with me, you had a fantastic interview with him. Oh, you know what? Nick Rowley is the person who contacted It's Jim Territo. Oh, is. so Jim Territo is the actual guy that you interviewed. Yes, I, I sat down with Jim. Okay. That's, I was like, I don't, I was like, I was like thinking, I was like, I don't think his name is Nick Carrio. Okay. But yes, here, here it is. So if they would just look up, if anyone looks up Jim Tarantino. It's T E R R I T O. Okay. And look for, um, I'm going to mispronounce this, the De Dallas 2 mission, a space opera. Okay. The De Dallas 2 he mission. Has, he has the whole thing, the whole opera on. And 
even the cover art is is really really cool because you see like this almost eye like space probe with these big purple wings and these arms coming at you well, very good. Well, I appreciate you doing the interview. I can't wait to hear it. We're going to share it here in just a moment. And um, and then we'll just close out the show. And uh, thank you for uh, capturing for this for the Sci-Fi Diner, Chrissy. No, it was no problem at all. Like He was really interesting to talk to. You could just hear his passion for this particular project that he was doing. And, you know, he obviously has a very extensive musical background and you can really hear that coming out like the even though it's rock you can very much hear the classical cadence the classical foundations that are rooted in the opera itself which is why i've said you know even if you're not a rock person you'll probably still enjoy it because it's so heavily influenced by the classical and the and the romance Stuff. How about you introduce yourself to our listeners? My name is Jim Torito. I'm a, <clears throat> I'm a composer out of the Detroit area. Um, I co-wrote the Daedalus 2 mission with uh, my cousin Joe Torito. And um, I'm currently still an active composer and gigging musician. Uh, synopsis of the show is, uh, this is the Daedalus 2 mission, a space opera. Uh, it's a science fiction-inspired rock fantasy. Uh, the story is of a team of space probes that uh, uh, cross the galaxy searching for a new home for humankind. And in the process, they uh, come to discover that their care for each other is what matters most. Wow. So what got you interested in writing a rock opera? Well, I've been writing... I've been uh, a composer ever since I was 10. I went to college for the composition. I've been a working concert music mostly ever since college. I'm about 40. Yeah, and so I have a number of like string ensemble, concert band, chamber groups that I'd written and had published. And so I was working in the concert music world for a while, but I also had been working as a music director for community theater and for high school theaters. After a number of years doing that, I decided I wanted to write musicals. My first musical was a cowboy western. It was Justice and Dusty Junkin. And a few years ago, I moved to New York City to pursue that dream there, got involved uh, as being theater music director, helped out with a lot of shows and development, and a uh, second musical there was called The Other Direction, of the world's biggest gay band, and uh, that one that one was a lot of fun. Here's that, uh, 54 Bow, and then uh, recently I moved home from New York, spent, um, the reason I moved home 
take care of my uh, he was getting towards the end of his life and it was and i got it in my mind uh, i was really drawn to sci-fi particularly uh, space odyssey sort of film and television and i my nephew joe and i um got it in our mind that we wanted to create this story that was a space opera started with the question what would it be like to be the last sentient being floating around in the galaxy came up with this story of a sort of a space probe that was recalling time he spent with his space probe friends and we sort of told the story backwards from there wow so that actually answered a lot of my questions. Um, so you're not the sole creative force behind this venture. No, no. Um, I did write all the music. I wrote most of the lyrics as well. But uh, but Joe and I, Joe's much more of a connoisseur of comic books and uh, science fiction in general. He's actually read a lot of um, Isaac Asimov, uh, whereas I've just sort of glanced through it. So he and I together sort of bounced ideas back and forth and and came up with a story focused around how does how would AI confront death? So we we thought of all these different ways that uh, this members of this team of space probes would have to face their death. Some by self-sacrifice or some by uh, just the slow deterioration of entropy in space. Some being able to find a bit of peace in their retirement. So what is like the set, like the costumes, the visual aesthetic of the opera itself? Like, have you figured that out? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Actually, uh, we initially just started by writing the songs and didn't know quite exactly how it was going to physically appear on stage. But uh, so the first time we did it, we just got everybody together we told them to put on funky wigs glam rock um outfits wild makeup some like mechanical looking components and and we we, it was okay it was a good first shot out the gate but we um i hired uh, a local costumer uh and his and uh his working collaborator um these guys the guy's name is uh, michael amalute and Mm. buddy van loon uh, they worked on a production of Little Mermaid that blew my mind, the way that they created all these different fish. And uh, I started a conversation with them. Come to find out, they're both huge sci-fi nerds. They um, they regularly go to Comic-Cons with wild cosplay stuff. And I said, oh, yeah, these are the guys I need to help me do this. So we went back and forth with ideas, and they created this look that was, uh, I guess you could compare it a bit to the Borg from Star Trek. Um, it was sort of humanoid, but with lots of mechanical components. Um, we decided it would be important to show that the, the characters had died. So we created a big, like Iron Man style, uh, life light sort of right at their hearts. And it, uh, it sort of creates a dramatic moment when that gets shut off for each character. So tell us a little about like about your leads, the songs, the ones on the soundtrack sound really fantastic. Oh, thanks. So who are they and what do they bring to the stage? Well, um, 
the I guess I'll kind of work backwards and tell you about it because we started the whole concept with the very last song. It's called Black Hole. Like I said, we were thinking about what would it be like to be the last thing floating around alive in the galaxy. And so this character is sort of old and grizzled. And um, we got we got my brother-in-law, who's a sort of folksy uh, country singer, uh, to sing that one for us. It's sort of like a country baritone. We call it a space cowboy ballad. And, and the whole hook of that one goes, man, I just got to find me a big black hole to die in. And um, and uh, he tells the story of, of Billy, who was the first one to die. Billy is this sort of so very socially aware um, uh, philosopher, almost of of this robot group. Um, it's the the first character who dies, and the one who sort of sacrifices him or herself to to save the group. And uh, that that death aria is, is this big power ballad called Space Probe Messiah. Um, and then there's a, a sort of analytical uh, space probe. His name's Dan. He's the one who sings the first song in the show. Uh, we compare him to like Data from Star Trek. He's um, super nerdy, sort of fixated, a little bit on the autistic spectrum. He tells a bunch of goofy jokes, but uh, sings all these uh, uh, screaming high rock tenor ballads. And then uh, we've got Kate, the artillery. She's the uh, the hothead of the group, but um, she sort of, after a life of violence, sort of comes to find peace in her latter years, um, decides to retire with Dan on a planet with a view. Um, Mike and Nate are the reconnaissance clones. They're always sort of at each other's throats. They, uh, they're always uh, kind of riffing on each other as to, deciding which one is the clone and which one is the prime and uh they ultimately die in a in a game of pulsar chicken um sort of uh very raucous end for them their music always sounds very very much like video game music in fact uh we ripped off uh we ripped off a tune from the Mega Man soundtrack to sort of draw the inspiration for their their final number pulsar chicken uh, and then there's the captain of the crew. The captain, um, not an outstanding leader. He's just very dedicated to seeing the mission through and so fixated on his mission that he he actually goes nuts. He, he loses his mind in space. Um, that starts happening sort of in the middle of the show when he plays and sings this, um, this uh, very intense blues number uh, about losing his mind in the nebula. And um, his his final song is this like uh, hyper fast speed rap, sort of white boy speed rap uh, about the how the eons drag on by while he's still um, conflicted about whether his life meant anything or not. And then finally, there's Jenny, who was the the maintenance uh, unit, and she's she winds up just sort of dragging along um, the captain's sputtering carcass through the through the infinite void between stars and as all these other characters sort of uh, grapple with whether or not their lives meant anything she has this sort of resolve that it really did mean something that she took care of all of them this whole time and her character um has a very different singing style from the others her her songs are more operatic arias um, 
in between songs, she sings uh, on other people's songs. Uh, she sort of drops in the um, very space-like uh, uh, vocalese that just sort of floats over the top of a lot of these other more intense rock and roll numbers and gives it a, a, a different operatic sort of quality. Sort of like in the style of old old school Nightwish, how they would have the operatic voice over the heavy, like, symphonic metal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, okay. And Queen as well. Actually, I, this, this show, a lot of the music in here draws inspiration from Queen, like uh, real dense vocal harmonies um, uh, from beginning to end. Um, they sort of like soaring, very clean guitar solos, um, going back and forth between, you know, heavy jams and, and feel-good moments. So this has had a couple productions in Detroit area. Um, you're still working on the dialogue parts, I was told. What's the state of the opera right now? Well, actually, uh, I did manage to complete a new draft of the script. Um, with any musical that's in production it's uh, or in development, it's, it's quite a long process. Uh, Lin-Manuel Lin Miranda talks about how it took seven years in between, you know, uh, when he first had the idea to write Hamilton and it finally came to fruition. And this is this is chugging along as well. Our first production was just uh, a live performance of all the songs, um, kind of thrown together costumes. And that was like a one night only sort of thing at the Crowfoot in Pontiac, Michigan. And then um, we just this last summer did, um, you know, in between that one and this last summer, we uh, you know, revised the script, added the costumes, added some crazy lighting effects. And uh, that ran for three weekends at Planet Ant. And over the course of that, uh, it was really powerful to work with, you know, professional actors. I found uh, a handful of really great professional actors and singers, and it forced me to reconsider who these characters were and how we could tell their story and, you know, how they interact with each other. Um, and after that production had wrapped, I got the feedback from, you know, audience members, uh, cast members, and uh, other writers. I you know, continue to shop around the script and uh, get feedback from anybody who would read it and give me honest uh, critique. And so it's been a few months and a couple of revisions later, and I just now, like, like today, am uh, kind of putting the final touches on the physical script. Wow. So is this the project or are there other products projects you're working on? Uh, for the moment, this is the project. I'm actually uh, pretty eager to um, pretty eager to put the finishing touches on this draft of it. Uh, I'm going to continue to submit uh, the current draft I have, but it's uh, it'll be time for me to kind of mentally uh, start up on something else. And I haven't yet decided what that's going to be, but uh, I still have uh, an active life as a concert music composer. Um, so, so I'm actually writing a, a saxophone concerto, um, kind of on the side and, uh, music for elementary school band and, uh, uh, uh little clips that may or may not go in television shows. Um, so, uh, the work is constant, but, um, but this project is the big project that I hope turns into a break for me. I, I really hope that it does for you as well, because it sounds awesome. 
song raise a glass to Daedalus too The best machines that we could make Here's to finding out what they can do Here's to hoping they don't break What do you hope to achieve? Choose to be or not 